Welcome to the Remarketing Podcast. My name is Jerome Lewis. I'm your host for today. The Remarketing Podcast is a podcast where we talk marketing, tech, business, and leadership. We talk these things for real estate agents, real estate investors, and real estate entrepreneurs. The Remarketing Podcast is a podcast that has two purposes. Purpose number one, Judenia, to spotlight you, your business, your service, or your product in a way that provides value to you, including market exposure and content creation. Purpose number two, to educate and inform our audience and listeners. With that, we have special guest, Judania Guerra. She is the founder of Georgia Premier Investment Management, GPPM, excels in third-party management, residential, and commercial and real estate portfolios. She manages a diverse portfolio of market rate and affordable residential communities, and she serves, she serves in a real estate organization that has created a new benchmark reset industry standards while maintaining integrity, loyalty, and passion. Judania loves to promote her core values, S-A-R-S, which we'll go into later throughout the podcast. Judania is also the founder of a nonprofit organization, Be Light, that encourages youth to choose to be themselves over the industry standards set before them and focuses on internal healing, increasing self-esteem by promoting providing counseling and resources for their success. Of all things, you can choose to be, choose to be light, be love, be peace. Judania has a passion in economic advancement for minorities and currently has a group of high school students dubbed Generation Forex in which she teaches basics of trading in the stock market. Ms. Guerra is contracted with Gwinnett County Library System in which she hosts first-time homebuyer courses, which her goal is to simply educate the general public on all of the down payment assistance programs on a national and state and county level. They are taught how to get into these programs and how to qualify for them. In addition to having an extensive background in real estate, she holds a DBA in accounting from Jones International. Jordania, I'm excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. Hi, good good afternoon. Um, thanks for having me. You're welcome. I'm excited that you're here. It's been like long overdue. I've been asking you to come for like what, a year at least, <laughs> right? Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So with that, please tell us your story about how you got into like property management. Take us through the journey. Um, uh, okay. All right. So um, a back when I was about 19 or 20 years old, I feel like all the, the series, um, all of the things that I've done in my past kind of led me into this moment. Uh, first, let me just say, um, um, I didn't, I started, um, I got my start in real estate and this is a t- very true story. I got my start in real estate because um, I was working for some top producers in, um, at, in Florida, in Davenport, Florida. And uh, I was pulling them in about 13 contracts a month, but because I was unlicensed, I could only get paid like a maximum of like $50, right? And one day um, I, I told the, this top producer, husband and wife team, I said, um, I need a, how can I make more money? I was realizing the amount of money I was making in contracts. And I'm like, oh, I'm only getting $50 and y'all are getting thousands. And, and he was like, oh, you have to be licensed. And uh his other assistant, um, and this was an all uh, Caucasian team, um, his other assistant tells me, um, what do you need to get your real estate license for? You don't need to make more money. You can't do it anyway. It, 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 it's, you know, just basically stop picking 
uh, my nose in things, you know, and just accept my pay. And so um, after that, because she literally told me that I could not, and um, I decided just to get a real estate license only because of that. <laughs> so when I um, I got my real estate license, I ended up uh, in property management. Like I went from all of the skills that I had learned from them, I, I ended up in uh, property management and developing the portfolio. So after a while, it was just doing phenomenal. <clears throat> I decided to start my own property management company. Um, and that's what I did. So that's why I'm here. So I am the um, a managing partner in Georgia Premier Property Management. And um, we're here now in Atlanta uh, since 2018. Nice. Thank you. So uh, you said I just started my own property management. Like it was like kind of easy. Can you take us through that? Like what was that like? Thank God. Um, that is, is in its, you know, that was very, you know, it, it was bringing connections, a lot of thinking. Um, I had to put a lot of policies and procedures in place. Um, I mean, how in debt do you want me to go with that? Um, because I want, I want you to give us the story because you said, so first tell us why, like why, like, because people go and they get their real estate license and they get them for like several reasons. Like I wanted to get my license because I just wanted to like be a better investor. And some people get their license because they actually want to do sales. Some people get their license because they can't tolerate like certain agents. Um, like why? Well, you told us the reason why, but like why was property management the way to go for you? Like I, I was thinking about you this morning. I'm like, why do people pick property management? So I want to get your insight on that. Um, well, two, one, um, there's no two days alike in property management. Um, it allows you to just get really creative in, in how you, it, it diversifies um, real estate in such a way. I mean, I learned just from being in property management, I learned the investment in on exactly um, how to acquire a property um, and the things that they're looking for as far as the numbers when it comes to multifamily um, or I, uh, why that is an investor exit. So I got to learn the back end of it. Then I got to operate it. And then I got to put the two together and now perfect it into such a way where um, I feel like I've experienced everything in property management. I don't, I, 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 there's always a solution. I always have an answer for any, it, it just allowed me to be super creative and handling a bunch of you know, just issues that, that come with it, um, with your, you know, in operation. Okay. Thank you. So what I want to go into some of the questions that we have here. And the first question, uh, can you tell us a myth about property management? Like what is a common myth that you hear within property management? Oh, that is easy. <laughs> okay. That, you know, they're like, okay, well, you know, property management, we are, um, Oh, okay. It's just, oh, managing a property, but it's not easy. There's a lot of uh, tenant landlord law, a lot of legal stuff that you have to know to do this so that you can protect the investor and uh, the asset. Um, so it's more educational. A lot of legal, I've done a lot of education, a lot of um, certifying um, and a lot of studying as far as making sure that, you know, you know, com common things that I get are, oh, you know, owners wanting to turn off the water. You know, <laughs> and it's like, no, no, no. There's a legal way that you have to go about doing that. You can't just turn off the water because your tenant's not paying rent. 
Um, so making sure that you're, it, it's just a lot more education. It's not just, oh, I'm going to collect the rent and give somebody the keys. And it's a lot more, there's screening, there's background, there's laws that how you have to check those tenants so that you don't violate fair housing. There's um, lingo and language all within the ramifications of property management that you know how you have to know how to navigate. Um, like, you, you know, as far as discrimination, it's a, it's a very fine line. And if you don't, uh, the best advice that I give, like to you and other property managers is that you have to, for what you do for one, you do for all. Because if not, then that's a violation. It could possibly or potentially be a violation of fair housing. So there's a lot of education that goes behind it. So it's not okay. easy. <laughs> when, when you, so I'm going off track a little bit. When, like, why would somebody like hire you and your services instead of like doing it themselves? And like, when is it appropriate for someone to hire you? Because it could be like, like I, like some property management companies, as far as I know, is like. We don't deal with clients that have this many units and et cetera. So can you share your perspective on that? Oh, well, I am selective with what I work with. Uh, there's only a certain level of, of class uh, or performing properties. Because remember, I have to put staff and I have to have maintenance and stuff on site, um, especially in a multifamily um, property. So there is a lot of... Um, uh, I, I can't just say, okay, I'm going to take your property. No, most... Uh, and I have to be able to pinpoint and when I'm looking at those financials, okay, uh, and come up with a creative solution uh, to see, okay, where can we decrease your expenses and increase your, your, your income? Where can we, you know what I mean? It's more than just uh, being, uh, choosing a property, man. like they need to be able to have a plan and a vision for that property and see where they're, they're the most effective. And a lot of investors don't like to management because obviously they don't have time for all these intricate details. So they, they go and they hire a third party um, company to just do it for them, put the property in operations and get them their, their return. Cause that's ultimately what's, what it's about. Um, you just need to make sure that you have um, when searching that, that whoever they add as their um, third party management and make sure that they are really um, you know, ask the question, like, what would you do? Like, how do you handle certain scenarios when it comes to managing the property? Okay, what if the numbers, what if there's a, a huge variance in between what your plumbing is and, um, you know, the water and, and whatever other variance there might be? And you have to be able to intricately and detail explain those uh, variances with, um, documentation to back it up okay this is why there's a variance in budget or this is why or this is what we can do or these are the resources i have to try to decrease you know uh those i, I call them gl codes but those expenses you know what i mean and then also navigate the property in such a way that um you are creating a harmony within the tenants right i actually have a real 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 deal uh scenario and i think um if there are any investors they need to pay attention um so in houston um there was a property and i and um, i actually helped them solve uh, i don't manage in houston but um they had put out this investor had had a small 30 unit property right and this is what i'm telling you as far as skill when it comes to property management um 30 unit property all the tenants got together and said we ain't paying rent what do you do in a situation like that? Wow. 
real deal, right? Uh-huh. So, you know, um, via my company Instagram, you know, we reached out and we're like, okay, we have a solution for that. You know what I mean? Like we know exactly how to handle scenarios like that. So you need to be able to think, what if, what if you have a small unit, 15, 20, you know, that they band together and those tenants come against you. And then guess what? That investor was having a cow because he's like, that's all the money I have. And that's everything that I, like, I live off of that. You know what I mean? And so being able to get the tenant to, and I'm not going to give away my solution for that. (laughs) You're going to have to uh, give me a call and we'll talk about it, but I will not put it out there. But there is, and, and we were able, I gave him such an advice um, that we were able to come to an agreement mutually between the this investor and these tenants who just decided they weren't paying rent. It wasn't COVID. It wasn't anything. They literally had a meeting and they were like, we ain't paying. Because until the economy, those tenants said, and I'll send you the article and I'll send you it. Um, but they said, we are not paying until the economy gets better, until things get better, you know, in that area so it wasn't like people were missing work and it wasn't like you know they were just like we we, we gonna do this and he you know so and i was looking at the whole thread and people were like oh turn off all the water oh kick everybody out oh do this and i'm like no 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 no. there's a way to handle that so wow that is um so what's funny is like when you talk about it's like oh my god tenants are not paying rent i generally think about okay it's a few tenants not paying and even when you're talking, I'm like, okay, you could deal with that. A couple of tenants not pay the rent, but this is like the opposite. It's like almost like, what do you do when it's like 80%, 80 to hundred percent? Like, what do you do in scenarios like that? So you, you provided a solution, you fixed that. And you said, I'm not giving away my secret sauce, which you absolutely don't have to do. Uh, one of the <laughs> things I want to hear is, so you said they need to contact you. How, how do they get in contact with you? Um, you can reach out to me on Instagram or you can just uh, Google our company, Georgia Premier Property Management, and okay. uh, get an inquiry there. And then uh, someone will get back to you within 24 hours. Um, What's your Instagram <laughs> that they should be looking for? Georgia Premier Property Management. Okay. And uh, our Facebook, too, is Georgia Premier Property Management. And our website is www.gapremierpm.com. Okay. All right. Okay. You, are about to, you are about to say something else uh, yeah i was about to say um there was a recommendation there and i and i'm sure uh they were it was in the defense of the of the seller but they were like well why don't you get a legal against the person that coordinated this thing and i'm like how can you do you can't you can't go in there and just sue one person for being a, for having brains and thinking of something like that that yeah, you, know, you could probably get a little civil suit, but if they're not paying, it makes you think you're going to recover anything. You're going to put yourself more in the hole. But anyway, so there was a create a really dope creative solution on that, and uh, he really was he he was he was like, "Wow, I didn't think of of handling it like that." So, anyways, that's all. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate you sharing that, and one of the reasons, like you know, I like pick on you a little bit. One of the reasons I pick on people, right, healthily, is like. People have solutions. They have messages that people could like really benefit from. But I would mm-hmm. have never imagined a scenario like that. For you to share that story, I think it could help a lot of people. And even the fact that you have these services, uh, we got to get it out there. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. Question that I that I kind of came up with just talking to you is like, 
you got commercial, and then you got residential, and then you got like multifamily. Can you talk about like the differences between each, or like how how is that? Share okay, us. well, honestly, uh, we manage only multifamily and commercial. I don't really take on. We don't do too much uh, residential, um, only unless it's a portfolio. Um, and when you say course. residential, because right, multifamily can be uh, considered residential too. When you say residential, what do you mean by you don't do residential? Single family homes. Single okay. family is a residential, multi-unit, multifamily, um, anything over, you know, okay, multi-unit, multifamily. Multi-unit is anything like four, four doors and down. And then multifamily is anything like, you know, 10 and up or five and up, however you want to separate it. Um, so that's what I mean. Multifamily, um, anything over four units um, and commercial uh, space. Um, residential, again, I would only manage if it's a portfolio of properties and not taking on, um, you know, just a single family home. Uh, I, I would prefer not to. Um, multiple owners, uh, just because it's just a different, um, it would be just a, I don't want to take on it. It's simple. Yeah. So, so what is your, so you have, so you said commercial, right? And some of this stuff is like interchangeable, but then some of it is like, it's like legitimate. So commercial could be multifamily or it could be like something else. So what is commercial? Commercial uh, storefronts, um, spaces like that, not, I don't see multifamily being commercial unless it's a, it's a mixed use. You know what I mean? Like. Multifamily is multifamily. Commercial is for biz- like businesses and plazas. So, so you do you do multifamily and you do commercial by your definitions. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, those are not by my definitions. Those are real estate definitions. Ah, uh, I understand. They get flip flop. They get flip flop oh. a lot. So. I, I yeah. Call it. Yeah. With that, uh, let's move on to some more questions. Tell us about like the more the most important lesson you've learned over your property management career. Um the most important lesson I've learned, um like I, I explained to you other uh, before, it's it's really, really deserving um delivering the service. Um a lot of property managers they'll they get ghosts or they they're afraid uh to deal with that irate tenant or uh, deal with a reoccurring maintenance issue. Can you imagine like someone coming in the office and they're always complaining about, okay, my AC, my AC, my AC, my AC. After a while, you know, you'd be like, oh, here they come, <laughs> you know, like complaining about the same thing. And then you send your maintenance and it's like nothing, like and the maintenance is like, nothing's wrong. And then you kind of go have this back and forth thing between the tenant, you know? So I would, you know, in a situation like that, it's really to, obviously there's some kind of issue, some kind of disconnect. So the, the biggest um, kind of advice or takeaway um, concerning property management is to actually deliver the service. Um, I don't even call my managers. Uh, and I think this is where you got the investment management confused um, originally. I don't even call my managers property managers. I call them investment managers. That's the difference between me and a lot of other um management companies um we are investment my aim team is the investment manager why because i want them to i i try to get them into the mindset of 
understanding that this is not just a physical property that we are managing. There's a life behind this. There are people behind this. Um, and if we don't create a win-win for the tenant and the investor, it can create a disaster. So I'm like <clears throat> always telling them like, deliver the service, find out what's wrong. Don't just, um, I tell my staff, you know, don't just take a work order and you see it's a reoccurring and it's a multiple issue in this unit. No, there's something wrong and something that needs to be looked in deeper because it's going to cause problems in the long run or be more expensive in the long run. Um, so that's kind of it. Just deliver the service. Okay. Thank you. Next question. What, who has been your most, prof most important professional mentor? Tell us about that. Um, my most okay so i have a an a mentor his name is peter dalal he is from uh india um he's an older indian man uh does a lot of uh he doesn't like a lot of publication a lot of attention he's one of those low-key smart guys um and he's been my mentor in real estate and trading um in multifamily for for five years, he comes from oil in um, India, lives up in New York, um, and he's a great guy. So his name is Peter Dalal. His real name is uh, Servi, <laughs> but yeah, he's been so instrumental in my life that I I can't thank him enough. Thank you for being transparent, sharing that with us. Next question: What is one thing about your field of expertise that almost no one agrees with you about? in my field of expertise that no one agrees with me about following the freaking law tenant landlord law they're like they don't they were throwing them out i don't care it's no we cannot do that i will not if you want me to do that then you need to manage your own property because i ain't gonna get sued for nobody i'm gonna follow and i'm gonna do things right because when you do it right the first time we don't have to revisit then you um this has nothing to do with what I'm going to say, but uh, when I got it, but it does, right? When I got divorced and I wanted a divorce, right? I went to a pastor and I said, I want a divorce. And she said, did you give it 100% before you did officially, did before you divorced? And I thought about it honestly. And I was like, oh, I didn't give it a hundred. I didn't, I didn't give it a hundred percent. Went back, gave it 100%. She's like, cause when you go back this time and she said, you go back this time and you and you give it 100%, when you leave again, you will never have another doubt. You won't have a doubt of whether or not you did the right thing, right? So I went back, gave it 100%, still divorced so that I live in freedom because I know that I did the right thing because I went back and I gave it 100%. So that's, that to me translates in, in the what you just asked. You know what I mean? If you go and you just do it right, then you won't have to revisit and you will know for sure without a shadow of doubt. So we do things right. We follow the law so that we don't pay more in the end. Thank you. Next question. Mm -hmm. Tell us your favorite productivity hack for entrepreneurs. Like productivity hack? Yeah. Um, I'm a, I'm a big list person. List. <laughs> I'm a list person, but um, honestly, I, I pri I'm always reprioritizing, okay? Um, but if you want to take it a step further, is 
it's it really is mindset it really is making sure that you feed yourself the right the right stuff so that productivity can come forth okay um what so tell us let me see maybe i don't know tell us about an indispensable tool for your field of expertise like what's the tool you like i absolutely need this give me my thing so i can do this what is that tool or if there's more than one tell us tell us what they are um there have to be software software yeah is there a specific software or it's like all of them or promoting any property management software (laughs) um but yeah just systems and system systems so software and systems but just like you're not gonna give us some more like can we know like what is it a property management software is it a checklist software is it a organization organization a combination you know you know how it goes it's a combination of checks and balances okay so software y'all i don't know she said software but you 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 said according to what i do right Uh the big there is no biggest thing that i need and need all of them you're like i need all these they all play play a good part yeah they all play a role i can't pick and choose and what is property management i mean Okay. Tenant landlord, you you know, there's nothing to relate to that question. Got you. So uh, we're going to move on to the personal section, the personal section or personal questions so we can learn a little more about you. Then we're going to get to the closing table and then we can like close it out. Right. We got 18 minutes. Let's see what we can do. So first personal question that I have for you. What do people misunderstand about you most? Um, that people, I, I don't know. I, I don't, there is nothing to really misunderstand. I'm very transparent. Um, I'm very me. Uh, maybe they, uh, okay, let's see. Misunderstand about me most. They probably think that I'm just a social butterfly and I, this great networker and I'm just <laughs> out here. I like. I, I think that about you. Right, but that, but that's social media perception. I I love to be home. This is my home office. Um, I I would prefer more quiet, intimate settings um, with family. And and I've had such a paradigm shift that nothing outside of making sure that my uh, my inner circle is having peace and everything that they need and. I, I find so much love and joy and peace in that and just being present where being present in the lives of my, my loved ones. Um, That's beautiful. I think this, I think people kind of perceive me similar, like I'm this social, whatever, because of what I do, but very, I like the, like you said, this is my home office. I stay in my space and my family is the priority. So mm-hmm. we, we kind of, yeah. we see eye to eye on that. Next question. Tell us, about your biggest failure and tell us what you learned from that experience. Mm. Biggest failure. Or one of them. One of them. I felt a lot. Okay. I'm transparent. I felt a lot. I haven't always hit the mark. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't take, I don't take failure personally. If, if that makes sense. Um, I literally have programmed my mind to look at my failures and be like, okay, what 
what could I have, what could I have learned from this? What, how could, what does this mean? Like, what does this mean that I failed in this area? Um, or I don't want to say I failed because I don't even like to use that language, but, um, you know, I, it's a, a paradigm shift in, in, in that question. Cause I, I don't, I believe even what people like to call failures is just a way. So when you walk in a, in a and I'm going to elaborate just a little, when you walk in a place of, right. And I'm not saying everything's perfect, but I walk in my own divine right and um, <clears throat> everything's perfect. Right. So when obstacles and things come my way, it's actually to make me stronger, create resilience, uh, create patience, um, learning opportunity um, in that moment. So, yeah, let's say um, most could say, you know, I, I wrote three. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. OK, I wrote three recently, I would say in August, I wrote three multi-million dollar real estate contracts. Right. I only work. I only use my real estate license for investors if they need assistance in acquiring the asset. And I usually take little to nothing commission uh, in order to manage the asset. So I don't you know what I mean? Like I don't um, bother that too much. But this particular investor was so adamant on on me. Uh, he came to me for property management and, and wanted to acquire some more assets. I wrote three multi-million dollar contracts. I'm talking about 86 million. I'm talking about eight, uh, one was 6 million. Another one was like 27 million. And we didn't get any of them. Okay. Most people would call that a failure, a fail, failure. Oh, and take that so personally. And, and however, what I saw it as, okay, what are the conditions that created this? And I just don't need to write any more offers under these conditions, <laughs> you know, and I'm not talking contract contractual conditions. I'm talking about economic conditions. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So um, wrote this and one could have taken that in, in real estate very personally. And you know what I mean? Like, but no, like it was okay. Interest rates. Okay. I didn't even pay attention to interest rates were coming up the next month you know, that affected, that could affect, you know, the closing, you know what I mean? Like there was so yeah. much more to consider. So it wasn't me or I wrote a horrible offer or any of that. It was just economic conditions that bills just didn't go through. And, uh, and, and I don't know, it, helped, it just helped me cross more T's, dot my I's, you know, so it's no failure. It's, it's all learning, real deal. It's all just learning and conditioning experiences. Thank you. Tell me about the three most influential people in your life and how they impacted you. Um, so naturally, I, I don't. I, I don't have influential people like I have really good uh, quality. I mean, my circle's quality. Um, when you are in walking in an influential space, you are like, it just, it's all energy. It just, it works. Um, now if you want to know like people that I've listened to that inspired me, I definitely can give you that. Um, but in my 
I'm well, self-inspired. I, like I understand. My- so one of like if if somebody asked me that question, I might think about my mom or or my dad or like I never really answered the question myself or even my kids. And I thought he's going to mention like your grand your child, your grandchild mm-hmm. or something. But that's how I was thinking about it. Like personal questions. It doesn't. If you don't have three, that's okay. If you don't have, you know, that's okay. I, I I do it for people I love. Uh-huh. That's for people that I love. People, it's a vision. It's not a a person. It's it's reasons. It's a situation. Gotcha. I have it. I want to. You know, one of my deepest desires is to freaking pull up on people in on bus stops and give them freaking cars. You know what I mean? Why? Because I was that girl years ago at the bus stop and I just wished I had a car you know what I mean so it's there's no people it's situations and and things that I want to influence and be that change and that light in that moment that drive me that's thank my you, influence thank you could you tell us um so these are like value add questions they're meant to stop the guests mm-hmm. so let's see if we can stop you the first one is how can someone add immediate value to you or your business? Um, to me, immediate value is um, to me personally, I'll do me first. Um, for me, I simplify things like um, if you see, if you see a need and you see a void, fill it. Okay. Right. If you see, uh, I had the most beautiful experience. I'm going to tell you, I was on a podcast with a, uh, actually I have a friend who was on a video chat with, and I kept like stretching my back. My back was hurting and, and he was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm just uncomfortable. Like it's my chair. You know what I mean? Like I just, maybe I need a new chair. And the next day I get a whole freaking packages and I have, now a little lumbar support and you know what I mean a little seat cushion and that those things so that's how you add value to me it's like uh servitude um if you're in a relationship or you know you see that person goes to the gym every morning and they make their lunch okay step in and make the lunch you know what I mean it's meeting the need right so that's for me and for my business uh, right so um for my business, uh, referrals are nice. Um, <laughs> but um, honestly, I, I want to help. So um, with that, like anything that comes in or you you have a creative um, a space where you need an, um, like an idea, okay, how do I navigate this within my properties are not doing so well. Like I love to look at stuff like that and just come up with a plan to get you know, to fix it. So that's all right. Thank you. So, and just so you know, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you another question is going to be very similar and uh, we give value all day. That's why I asked the question, like as entrepreneurs, we're like, we're always seeking to give value. So this is like, not for you to like try to give It's more just like, how can somebody help you? So answer that question like that, the next one. So the next one is, how can someone bring long-term value to your business? Like you're allowed to be selfish. That's why I put it here because nobody ever accessed that. Like I had this guest or, or I was doing like a thing and I was like, how can someone bring you value? And he was like, nobody ever asked me that Jerome. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start asking people that. And that's why I incorporated those questions into the podcast. So again, I reiterate, how can someone bring 
long-term value to you or your business? Um, looking at it um, from an outside, non, um, non-judgmental kind of friendship place, um, and being honest and transparent with me and things I need to change or implement. Um, I love when people bring suggestions that um, I can use to help, um, you know, help create a smoother process for in- internally within the business. So um, those are, shoot me articles on, you know, whatever, whatever it is that will help me perfect um, what's already going on. You know, that's how you would add value to me. I, I'm not saying critique and all of that. Uh, the next question, this is the closing table. So that means it's time to close us out. What are three books that you recommend to the audience and why? Okay. Well, um, I have a, uh, one of my favorite reads is a book by Julian Gordon, who's also in the multifamily space. Um, and he wrote a book called Rich and, um, Rich and Righteous. Um, I believe that I, I absolutely love that book because it, and if you're spiritual and you, and, and you, and you walk in this place of like, um, where, you know, God is the center of everything for you. If that's you, it's a good read because it uh, helps you um, understand that you can be rich and righteous um, at the same time. Like I being and, and rich is not just when in, in that book, rich is not, uh, he's not talking about so much as riches, but riches as in quality, um, you know, in a different way. But he also does talk about being, you know, wealthy and righteous um, or rich, literally rich and righteous. So there's a, it's a beautiful kind of, it's a beautiful read that helps you walk the correct line of, okay, having, uh, having wealth and also keeping your integrity. Um, so it's a beautiful read. Um, and then the next read. So I read, um, I read a lot, um, a combination of self-development. I feed my spirit with, of course, with the word and then, um, um, books that are for the business or to help perfect my craft. So those in those are like when you're reading, that's what I would suggest you do. Find one that feeds your mind, feeds your spirit, and one that feeds your business. Um, so that would be the first book, Rich and Righteous by Julian Gordon. The next book that I would recommend would be The One Thing by Gary Keller. I absolutely love that book. Um, that was the start of all of my lapsidasio organization (laughs) Um, was the one thing by Gary Keller. That is a freaking uh, powerful book to help you um, get down to, as entrepreneurs, we can start with this huge umbrella and then be so overwhelmed to where even the overwhelming of all that you have to do will bring you to a level of exhaustion to where you just don't want to do shit. Excuse my language. (laughs) And can I say that on (laughs) Too late now. <laughs> it's all good. We had guests say way more. Okay. Uh, yeah. So you have this umbrella. And so that book will really help you um, kind of dissect, um, you know, steps and things in place to help you 
Um, another book um, that I <clears throat> absolutely love, I love anything by Jim Rohn. Um, Seasons. Uh, Favorite ever. That is my book, Seasons. Um, <clears throat> definitely helps you with adaptability and then understanding um, why the whys and the what's and the wins of, of the world and for you to change your perspective in, in, in those shifts. Um, I had a conversation with a very powerful man here in Atlanta um, whose mentor is Les Brown. So what was I saying? Uh, I was talking to this, um, I, I, I work around a lot of politicians. I had the beautiful opportunity of uh, being a campaign manager um, for, and it kind of opened up some political doors for me. So I was talking to this very, very uh, prestigious uh, man here in Atlanta, and he was telling me, and this is reflecting seasons. Um, so he um, he was telling me how he goes fishing and he fishes um, in between season changes because he catches the biggest fish. And he always, um, he, he kind of, he and he he told me he was like nature he's like nature does that too he's like you do that too and we got into a conversation of like um that's why mood and energy changes with the seasons and so he was like nature does the same thing too so he's like i always go fishing in between seasons and the change because it's like a stirring or an energy in the in the world and he's like it causes me to catch more bigger fish and I, I listened to him and I was like, wow, my, you know, his mentor is Les Brown. So, um, yeah, um, Seasons. Seasons is nice. a good book. Thank hmm? you. So next question. Let me see. What is one question? Uh, you, uh, I, don't, I don't think you, you know, give me some resistance what on this. What's one question you wish I asked you and how would you have answered? Say that again. So, uh -huh. what's one question you wish I asked you, and how would you have answered? Oh, I wish you'd ask me all the new things that I have going on. Um, okay. Because the bio you have is so dated. That's <laughs> my me. fault. Oh my goodness! <laughs> it is your fault. So tell tell us about tell us about of all the new things that you have going on. Could you share your favorite? Okay, my favorite is um, I do mentor youth. Um, okay. And uh, I am going to do a mini Shark Tank for 11th graders at high school. And I absolutely love that uh, because they have to do this like uh, graduation, this got some kind of graduation project where they created businesses. And I was a part of that initial group um, to do the businesses. Um, to review their businesses and kind of like give them creative ideas on then these are fake businesses that they have but I was really like telling them like no this can you can really do this you know <laughs> so like, um, so I know so Thursday at one at like 1025 um, a.m. I'll be at the high school and I'll sit on the panel of the mini shark tank for these kids that's cute that is cute I know um, and I love that much yeah yeah more more kids need to learn entrepreneurial oh and then because i did that like last night i went to god be putting i'll be getting into I, I, 
I know some really amazing people here in Atlanta. That's all I'm going to say. And I went to this uh, birthday party of this developer, uh, Black-owned bomb. I think she's about to develop like almost 800 units in College Park, if I'm not mistaken, right? Anyway, so she invited me out to her birthday party. And I went and then I, I met someone from their county, right? From this is the West Atlanta. I'm on East Atlanta, well, not East, right? But um, <clears throat> they were like, and I was telling them about the shark tank that I was going to do Thursday with the kids. And he was like, oh, would you want to do one at my school too? You know, for their senior project. So I think I'm going to just be a little panelist for all these high school. And, and I got nominated for a TED Talk. Are you going to do it? Yeah, I don't know. I'm not there yet. I got nominated. That's all I said. Okay. All right. I hope you. I hope you can do it. Uh, I'm gonna try to. So you oh, see my next, I can guest, do it. next guest pop on. Uh, Charles. He's the one that I got the contract from for you. So that's who's popping on next. Thank I told you. him to pop on at two ten. Um, where can listeners find out more about you online? Oh, you gotta just connect with me on social media. Um, social media. I don't have a. I did. I used to have a personal web page, but I don't have that anymore. Okay. But um, you know, just like once you start typing Y-U-D-E-N-I-A, I, I believe I'm just gonna come up because there is hardly anyone with my name. So okay. Um, yeah, just find me, and I'm your friend. I'm your mutual friend on all social media platforms. So just look through Jerome. Okay. Information. Are, are you, can you can you come back? Coming back, and maybe we can sure. talk about some of the new projects that you're working on. Yeah, and we got to update all that stuff. But yeah, we definitely can. I'm definitely in a new space. Um, okay. And um, yeah, let's do it. Okay, all right. Thank you so much. It wasn't so bad, right? That wasn't terrible. Okay, all right. Thank you. I appreciate uh, you so much, and uh, we'll be in touch. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.